I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back. Part two of the uh, 316 episode here on the Best Rapper in LA podcast. If you didn't hear part one, go back, listen. 316 is one of my favorite songs to perform. Gets you really pumped, jacked, psyched. Merce, what up, though? Still giving a fuck, so open up the changes and get ready to dump those. Disc of them dudes that be sounding the same. Thinking up on TV, steady clowning for fame. Disrespecting ancestors that was bound in them chains. I'm around in the game, things is bound to change. Trying to walk that thin line between intelligence, ignorance. Have a little fun, making music a significance. Nemesis to niggas just bumping they gums. I give a fuck where you from. This where your heart at, bitch. You gon' bite little dog, you'll just bark that shit. Slaves in the rhythm, nice spark that whip. My heart can't quit, I got something to say. Since these niggas wanna act NWA. But uh, it has injured me over the years. Uh, when I do the toe touches during the KWS's, LTS's, OFA's, because the beat drops. If the stage has a little give and I get springboarded, it throws me also a couple times. I don't know if the word is hyperextended, but I time it perfectly because it's to the beat. So, because um, I have to come back down and keep rapping. And I've been jumping the whole song. So I do the toe touch, boom. And I know my legs have to land at this point. So I have a rhythm to it. But if the stage is a little springy, couple times I've uh, reached for the ground, landed on my toes. I'm from the home of Double K, nothing but trouble gang, KWS's, LTS's, OFA's. You know, I haven't fell on my face. But I did have the biggest fall ever. At Soundset, I don't know which year, it was the year Future Perform. It was a Merce and Ninth Wonder set, which... I don't say extremely rare, but are, are pretty rare, like usually just festivals. Um, we've done one in North Carolina. We've done one at the El Rey and then the rest of them festivals. So this is Minnesota, huge stage, jumbotrons on either side, 10,000 people roughly, maybe more, maybe a little less, all watching. A lot of them never heard of me. Some of them have. So I'm doing 316. I'm going all out. My son is four or five years old. He's on the side of stage with Jose Joaquin, my tour manager, my brother, my friend, watching him while I perform. And I go to hit the toe touch on the KWS's, LTS's, OFA's part. Nice there, but this stage is very sprinky. I kick, doom, touch both toes. I think it's called a pike, um, which I learned being friend-zoned by cheerleaders and other hot girls in my high school and um, days hanging out at college bars, being drunk, just fucking around. Um, so learn a couple cheerleader moves slash punk rock moves that I incorporate to this day. Hit the pike, hit the toe touch, come down and miss my footing. And as the great Tony Baker says, when they people fall, skip that diddly dee. Boom, 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 boom. In front of 10,000 people, I stumble back and fall right into the riser, right at the foot of the DJ riser, which is about 10 feet tall, and the digital screen with my name on it. Bop! On my ass, flat. There's a hush that falls over the crowd. 
Any big surprises? Uh, Rhapsody wanted to know if you were going to do splits in the air, if you still did that. Murray's goes on um, later today. I'm going to check him out. Like, his energy on stage is crazy. I, I wonder if he still jumps up and does the splits in the air. <laughs> like, man, how, how you still doing that? You, your knees ain't hurting yet. Um, um, she was making a joke because last time I did some, I did a, wow, if you see on Twitter, I'm going to repost it. My, my form is perfect. I did a pike. And then I came down, but the stages here are kind of like bouncy. So I hit it and then I landed, I fell. I stumbled back and fell into the riser. And oh, ninth no. was DJing for me. He did not help me up. Um, he <laughs> laughed at me. My son was in shock. Um, so that's why she's oh, making that's why jokes she was, about, okay. are you going to do very, It was very there? subtle. I did, ha, not, I did not realize ha, she was joking. Ha, ha. Glad we got both sides of the diss yeah. out there. That's amazing. Those familiar with the podcast know that I don't take myself that seriously. I just laugh at myself. This motherfucker knife does not move a muscle. No, not one inch does he budge to come help me. Come on, Murray. You know you ain't you ain't you ain't twenty three no more. Something like that. Some fucking dad joke, asshole shit. Nah. He kept the party going like a DJ should. He didn't make it. He knew I wasn't hurt, but uh, he didn't help me. But the the sobering moment was I looked to the left and my son was scared. And like Jose's like comforting. Jose's a great dad. Uh comforting him. And uh I'm just like, man, that's crazy. Like I'm laughing, nice making jokes, but the show must go on, but this shit it scared the shit out of my son. Me falling. And even as I train for this marathon, when I come in the house and I'm hobbling, I just hit twelve miles this uh this Saturday, and I'm hobbling in the house. He hates it. Why are you doing this, Pop Pop? I don't understand. Why are you hurting? I don't like to see you hurting. He loves me, and um, that was sweet and just sobering. Like I, you know, understanding like, oh, this kid is watching everything, and a little stumble shakes him to his core. I am important to somebody else. Somebody, so I think he values my life more than I do sometimes, and that's to be loved like that is special. And then we'll just keep the rant going. This is my son that is adopted, and I, I encourage a lot of people if you have it. To, to adopt, to foster. If you're not able to conceive or you can and you still feel like you have love to give, it's worth it, man. I have three natural-born children and one adopted son, and I don't love them any less. A lot of people thought that I would, said that, oh, you'll, you'll get it. It's different when it's your own. It's not for me. That's my guy. And I don't love him any more than my natural-born son. I love him just the same. And I, as evident by this moment, like he thinks the world of me. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made in my life. So if I can encourage you to adopt or foster, be aware that the county of Los Angeles have more children. County of Los Angeles has more children in the foster care system than any recorded country or state, country in the world and state in the United States. Just the county of Los Angeles alone has 30,000 children in foster care, need a homes or assistance. If you have jobs, for children transitioning out of foster care that's a huge need and there's ways for the county to cover their pay all you have to do is give them the opportunity and training and there's programs that will pay them for you so basically you're getting to help someone and you're getting the assistance you need at your business without incurring any cost and doing a major service to our community and more speaking of the community back to the marathon We'll put the link in the in the YouTube thing and in the whatever Rob does with these great things. I'm running the, the Los Angeles Marathon, my first marathon ever. I'll be 46 years old. The day after my birthday, 
I hope to run 26.2 miles without stopping. That's my goal. I don't have any time. I don't, I'm not competitive. Just want to finish and walk as little as possible. It's for the, all the proceeds that donate go to the Neighborhood NIP Foundation. Nipsey is uh, someone very important to my community, to my city, to the culture. Uh, everything I talk about at the beginning of this podcast, uh, he exemplifies it on and off the microphone. He's someone I've admired for years. Um, someone that I met, you know, early on in the game. I believe we went to the same high school. A lot of years in between us. The Fresh Kicks video, when we get to the Melrose album with Terrace Martin, if you listen to that, you see the Fresh Kicks video was shot at Sloss and Tees, back when it was Sloss and Tees, before the brand was Marathon. Like, I've been very supportive of him and his family and their movement because I'm, I'm a West LA kid. Crenshaw is is intrinsic to who I am. If you supported his music, if you, if you don't support his music, but you support mine, we are both very community-minded people and we see the real needs of this community. And I've said it before, beyond uh, tennis shoes or backpacks or jackets or turkeys, like that's all nice, but building a center where they could come and get the skills. Um, there's a solar center here in South Los Angeles. There's um, a, a place called home. There are services that you can donate to if you don't believe in the Neighborhood Net Foundation. But if you want to do something else and this is a fine organization that's just getting off the ground. If you can drive by Crenshaw Sloss and you can see they're working on the building, we're just trying to get and continue to keep it funded, get, get more funding. Um, I have four kids, four sons that live in the community that we live off of Crenshaw. We will be in the building and doing whatever we can, taking advantage of or servicing uh, the community however is needed. So this is not a pipe dream. This is not something that's not real. This is very real to me and very important to me. I'm running because of my because of my sons, because I live in the community, and because Nipsey is someone that performed at pay dues, and I've seen him multiple times and told him I support him, was there to give him any advice and all those things, and how dare me say that to him in life and not continue to support and stand by him after he's transitioned and make his dream and mission a reality and a success so that's why i'm running if you have it in you if you have five dollars one dollar whatever donated my goal is five thousand i don't even think we're halfway there yet i haven't really pushed it as much as i should because i'm lazy and i'm a dad and i'm actually running but um tell a friend and tell a friend that's my community moment for the week and we're going to take a pause here before we get to the third verse and discuss something else i had on my agenda which was, I read something about a guy who who made up the term alpha was his study based on wolves, but he realized that he was studying wolves in captivity and the rules of an alpha don't apply when the when uh, the rules he established for the alpha, whatever, was based on his study of wolves in captivity. And when he studied wolves 20 years later that weren't in captivity, that science didn't apply. So out the out term alpha that everyone's running around using is irrelevant. But I think it may still apply to black males because a lot of us are living in captivity and oppression in a state of endangerment. Whatever it is, a group of men need a leader. I'm not going to speak on women because I'm not a female. But if you identify as a man and a male, and you have that testosterone, that masculine energy, the best way to succeed is to follow a leader that everyone believes in, in my experience. So when I come into a situation after seeing the, the to me, the lack of success of the living legends, I believe there are a couple factors why we didn't reach our full potential, but one of them being that we never had a real leader. Wu-Tang had RZA, 
And we talked about how we talked about, and also, especially when you don't have the bond of everyone coming up together. If you're not from the same neighborhood, like Wu-Tang had, they're all from Staten Island and they have familial and, you know, community roots. Same thing with hieroglyphics. Living Legends is a hodgepodge. There's not one of us, except for me and Eli Scarab, that have grown up together. Uh, everyone else from, I guess, so that for the most part, we're all from different places, united by a common goal of succeeding in music. Um, but we needed a leader. When I went into situations after that, when I went to Def Jux, I respected L as a leader. I told him, I'm a soldier. Whatever tour you want me to do, whatever whatever you need me to do, point me at it. You put money into me, I'm 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 with it. I'm with it. Whatever it is, I'm a soldier. I'm not here to make any decisions, bro. I will present my case, but we you have final cut. And I refined this process in all my collaborations because I knew that I was going to do something where I was the alpha or the leader on my own. I have enough side projects and whatever where I can get my shit off whenever I need to. And also, I'm a writer. If you let me write what I want, it's very rare that Ninth Wonder tells me what to say on a record or any producer. So I have my freedom there. I can express myself however I want. If you have an idea on how it fits better on the beat or what beat to use, cool. And when it comes to marketing, I have lots of ideas. But I can defer to a label. If you show me that you're better at it, I have no problem in letting you lead. Ninth is definitely better at the music. So this is where I go in and say, okay, I want this scratch on the hook. You don't like that idea? I want to present it strongly. Did you listen to it? You listen to it. You still think your idea is better? We're going with your idea. Period. I didn't like the album, but Ninth and L liked it. So it came out and it was great for me. Removing yourself and your ego from certain decisions where you don't have an expert opinion is crucial to success. And especially if you don't want to build yourself up to be like some of these bullheaded motherfuckers who were hated on and not listened to and now they only listen to themselves. And they're doing well, but they could be doing so much more and doing so much better. And I'm not going to name names because I hate to defame anyone, but especially any other black man. But man, you're brilliant, bro, but you're not brilliant at everything. That's why it takes a team. It takes a Puffy and a Biggie. It takes a Dame and a Jay. It takes a Merce and a Ninth. And even more beyond that, a Merce and a Ninth and an L and Amy, who did the publicity for this record. So by now, I have a new publicist, L. Listen to me, and the falling out was extreme with my publicist. So I was able to choose a new publicist who was Fat Joe's publicist. And I was like, yes, I want to make, I make music. I'm a person of color. I need to like work with people. Someone who's used to working at that point, working with more people of color. And yeah, just, I don't want to be the, 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 I shouldn't be the most rowdy person in your stable. I want to be a, a place of respite, I think, for people who deal with more rough around the edges rappers or whatever, or just more faint. Like, I want to be in Fat Joe's lane a little bit. Like, I want some of that fan base, you know, so having a similar publicist or, or just a publicist that was used to dealing with people, I think from, you know, because street culture, like, just, I don't know. Well, yeah, it just felt comfortable with her. So that, like, it takes a team and it takes okay, you think this is a good idea? I'm going to listen to you. But someone has to be worthy of that trust and respect. And though I didn't know Ninth, I could see that he was making great music and I'm not good at making music or beats. So I'm going to let you lead. And it, it didn't fail me. Third verse. I am from the home of Double K. Of Double K, of Double K, of Double K. 
there hasn't been somebody more West Coast or wore a Dodger hat more often than my brother. A moment for the tears, all right. The first black kid I knew that had records like me, that loved real, like I seen him, we hadn't seen each other in a couple years and I saw him in the bathroom at the rap sheet convention. And he's like, nigga, that was just Sugar Free that came in here. And I was like, you like Sugar Free too? I've been kind of liking it, but I felt guilty. Like, nigga, it's like, we never stop being dudes who grew up with Crips because we love peace and we love hip hop and we love having fun and we love to smoke pot and get drunk and talk about girls like we but we never left and he was even better than we never left the block we never left like this is hip-hop too dj quick is just as hip-hop as rock kim that's like that's how la you listen to people on the stairs you would never think that that big mike was like who he was or lived where he was or knew who he knew or has siblings like like he has same thing, like, you would never think that my brother was who he is and my friends or some of my friends, like, because of the music I make. You know, like, I've opened for Snoop and, like, I come out on stage and I, back when I had the huge hair and I had people, like, hey, blood, hey, cut, like, the people could pull you, hey, man, like, nigga, you, you be spending some real shit. I never really listened to you, cuz, like, oh, I thought you was, you know, and that's how it kind of is with me and Double K. That was our bond. And buying 12 inches, like, I knew that this would be a single. Um, it's on the B-side of Batman. I knew that that was going to be that when I heard the beat. It's very Primo-esque to me. So I wanted to say his name on wax so that he could scratch it. Like, that was something I wanted for him. When I said that, like, I'm from the home of Double K. Nothing but trouble gang. Trouble gang. Trouble gang. Trouble gang. Trouble gang. KWS's LTS's OFA's um I believe uh, Savant or somebody I knew, like some on the homies from K-Dub. Um, K-Dub was like, these are some people called tag bangers or prep gangs, dudes that are from certain neighborhoods and, and not disrespect because I think Trouble is not a prep gang. But certain of these things, um, the, the element represents that era, what it was called, all the, all the gangs that um, some people call prep gangs. I don't mean any disrespect or tag bangers or tagging crews. But out here, you're still dying. Like, motherfuckers, like, dying with graffiti. Like, I remember when, uh, when May was Anacron, told me, like, hey, we just joined this, this tagging crew. We just got in. We didn't get jumped in. They just put us in our click, their click. And like, hey, we about to go, blah, blah, blah. We might have to you know, smoke. So I'm like, no, nigga, if I wanted to kill people, I would have just been from whatever, you know, the crib gang in my neighborhood, bro. I'm not trying to, what? This is hip hop. <laughs> God dang, calm down. But as I realized, like, as I started battling people, that turned into beef where motherfuckers wanted to kill me. There's just the mentality of L.A. This is the Wild West. And when I was reading the book Generations, I believe we talked about on this podcast, it was saying like the generation that came to the West in the gold rush, there's a lot of generation without elders. It's another reason it was the Wild West is because there were a lot of young men who came out 
to make it. They didn't bring a family. They didn't bring a wife. They came out to get rich. And when the gold wasn't there, the crime and everything else and the gunslinging and all that shit started happening. So this mentality, which has been pushed as a black and brown mentality, didn't really come. Well, there were, were brown people here, so it may have come from that, but it didn't come from black Americans. The first gangs in L.A. were the spook hunters. They were white gangs. The businessmen, the Slossons, the A.C. Deuces, like all these things were protective. Black Panthers were protective groups to protect us from the white gangs that were here first. And there wasn't a lot of leadership in that era, so it's wild. And that is the gang mentality. I'm from the home of Double K, nothing but trouble. Okay. So all these prep gangs, I'm going to say that, like I said, to me, no disrespect. Uh, I knew people on both sides. I was living in San Gabriel Valley, somebody, and somebody going to church in Pasadena, and I forgot how, somebody was like, come to, come to, they do lock-ins, come to a lock-in, we put you on trouble. I'm like, okay. Like, okay, you guys like hip-hop, you guys got fresh-ass Negro League jackets. It's a lot of y'all niggas. I'm hearing like legends of Lamert Park and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm with this. We're not Crips, we're not Bloods, it's just trouble. All right, cool, like, yeah. MBT and like people that have fresh hand style. That's what it was. My little homie had fresh hand style. I was like, yeah, like y'all can write graffiti. Cool. Sounds like juice. I'm with this shit. And uh, thank God I never got put on because uh, house we moved to in Midtown a couple months later in my driveway, they had MBT whacked out. I'm like, man, if I was to tell these niggas I came over here and told these niggas I was in trouble, I was about to get fucked up first day. But yeah, they wanted me to go to World on Wheels, which I grew up going to World on Wheels because of my grandparents. And when I lived over, and I was born in Midtown and still went to elementary school for a little bit over there. So a lot of lock-ins and, you know, skating at World on Wheels, which for, for at some point was a lot of troubles were up there, I guess. Four or five used to write uh, Nober from Trouble. So when I met him, he was from Trouble. So I was like, oh, okay, you from Trouble? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, when you meet somebody, where are you from? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. L.A. man hit, man shit. I write Nober from blah, blah, What you write, fool? Blah, 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 blah. So we were writers. He did beats. This is before he was, you know, cripping, cripping. So it was like, okay. So one, two of the most, like, influential dudes, one I knew was from Trouble, one I knew was from K-Dub, um, but both were slightly older black men that helped me define myself, like being rooted in inner city L.A., but not completely wrapped up in it. And still into some quote unquote quote real hip hop end quote Nober and uh, Zoner Z Warner I think that was it uh, No I had an ER Jimmer uh, Euler all these oh, I seen Jimmer up the other day man shout out to everybody still doing graffiti I can't say that enough on this podcast it warms my heart and it I think my sons I never say it to them but my especially my eldest really wants to write graffiti and I'm like my foolish ass is thinking about going bombing with him like I just want to stress to you guys how hip hop that is and if you're doing it and you're listening to it don't stop man I love seeing it and I think I've never said it to my kids but I think they can see how my head turns cuz kids are always watching and my, how my eyes light up when I see certain pieces and throw ups and and uh, hand styles and they're drawn to it too. Or maybe it's just, just youth culture. Like hip-hop is youth culture. Like it's always going to be appealing to them. And I like the new sticker styles and the letters and all that. But just seeing like Jimmer, I was, you know, I'm still training for the marathon, jogging all around LA, seeing Jimmer up, even if it's not the same Jimmer, I'm like, wow, that was inspiring to me. Like 
that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be up. I wanted to be dope. Being dope on the microphone is just like being up, being all city, which is not really a LA term, I don't think. But those tag crews and OFA, um, LTS, like I just met, I think it was somebody from LTS, and I don't want to confuse it because like these are polar opposites. For people who are outside of LA, this is this verse is all about LA. Like you don't get that. I'm saying MBT and K dub, and it's like Bloods and Crips. I'm rapping for I probably first time Trouble Gang and K dub have been said on a on piece of wax. Same thing for OFA and LTS. Like these are beefing crews, but I know people in both. In my travels, like going, there's nothing to me, there's nothing doper than going out of town and seeing somebody repping OFA or LTS and just talking with them and be like, yo, I'm from LA too. Like, you know, especially when I was younger, like, wow, the world is bigger, but there are all of us everywhere. I, I can only say it's once again like college, like meeting somebody like, oh, you went to Clemson or you're from this fraternity. That's how hip hop was. And I was seeing beyond like K dub and, and NBT are are the same. Same mentality, just a bunch of kids trying to get up and love in this culture. And we've been brought into this wild west, this tribalistic mentality where we have to be at war with each other. But really, it's the art that we both love so intensely and passionately. And we feel like because of the capitalist, I think, mindset of scarcity, that there's not enough walls for us. There's not enough space for us. Somebody has to, the colonialism, somebody has to conquer somebody. We just can't all be dope. And when I see these guys out of town, I'm just like, yo, you're from LTS and you're all the way up here bombing trains. That's so dope. Fuck your beef with OFA, bro. Like, fuck all that shit. But there's so much blood and dead bodies and betrayal and shit that I'm not asking anybody to put it down. But I would like for you to take a step back and see how amazing you are and how much more amazing you could be without the bloodshed. Once again, all I'm this is all I'm saying with juxtaposing these crews. Um, but seeing a dude, I think it's at the car show with my son and somebody like my brother who's not with us, bro, he loved you. And like when you said LTS on a record, that just made his day and like blah, blah. He was such a big fan. Like that, I don't think you like, I started to tear up after that. And also not that kid not knowing that my son is thinking about being a writer and him still being a writer and at the car show. And my son said, what is he, what was he talking about? I'm like, oh, his brother was this crew and blah, blah. He passed away. And he like, my son seeing how hip hop makes people stop and have a conversation with me. Not that they admire me or respect, but the fact that we're two humans and we seeing that it connects us and that I revere that his brother, him, his brother and respect his brother for putting on my music. I also respect that his brother was putting his life on the line and his freedom on the line every day to represent hip hop culture and explaining that to my son at four or five years old and be like, look, bro, like this is people who really take rap seriously, who really take graffiti seriously. And it's art and, you know, the, the the pros and cons of it, just having these conversations early because my father wasn't there, nor I don't, maybe my dad would because he was a street dude, but my mother wasn't aware of what was going on outside to advise me any better. But she put the morals and enough love into me that I could make the right decisions. Yeah, you know, I don't. I try to stray away from parenting advice on here. But I'm I'm grateful for that, that she was she yelled at me, she hit me, whatever. All that kept me from doing stupid shit. When I could hear a motherfucker yelling at me or imagine the ass whooping or the disappointment, the authenticity, how my mother showed up in my life, she didn't show up perfectly, but she showed up authentically. That kept me from doing a lot of stupid shit, man. That we as young boys should be, you know, we should just be like almost breaking our neck or breaking our arm, jumping off bridges and shit like that. But because we're, we're taken out of that place in this urban environment with a fucking 
genocidal master plan at work. Like we pick up guns and we 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 do things to each other, but really it's in you, just any young boy, I think. Young people are looking for that, those boundaries and to test them. That is natural. But we get caught up in the, I don't know. So I'm thankful. I'm just thankful that I was able to regulate that with the help of uh, my inner inner voice. <sighs> KWS LTS always and every other crew used to rack cans to spray and mob the RTD before the MTA, the mobbing the RTA. Like if you could see videotape of it, and I don't know if it was every city, but motherfuckers would consume a bus, swarm a bus, tag it, scribe it right inside, outside of it, destroy the bus, and then leave it. And if you were you were a G, if you ripped off the uh the hammer that used to be on the fire breaking clays and glass emergency thingy, ripping off those off the bus and putting it on your keychain was like a, a badge of honor. Um sorry to any bus drivers that were assaulted. That wasn't the cool part, but the cool part was just like it was like a like a like a, on the cartoons where the termites swarm a, a tree and it turns into a toothpick. That's a perfectly clean bus, and they would just and it's like whoa, MBT, whatever, LTS, all over. So don't hate what I say. Talk down when I bust mine. Trying to make some green like the Culver City bus line. There's a green bus that goes only around Culver City. Shout out to Verbs. Like when I first met him, he was telling me how much that line meant to him and how seen he felt. Damn, I'm on fucking this lane, man. Get your shit right, man. I'm from the home of double K, nothing but trouble gang. KWS's, LTS's, OFA's, and every other crew that used to rack cans and spray. And mob the RTD before the MTA. So don't hate what I say or talk down when I bust mine. Trying to make some green like the Culver City bus line. Me saying these things is for people like me to be seen on wax. I know this is going to be a single. I'm hoping that Revolution, um, Bob, uh, uh, Eclipse. It's like I'm hoping that these people play it. It makes the mixtape so that L.A. hip hop. This is L.A. hip hop to me. This is not L.A. gangster rap. That's its own form of hip hop. This is L.A. hip hop. L.A. boom bap gets some represent. The graffiti writers, the fucking, the street kids that aren't on the traditional shit that love Gangstar and Black Moon like me and still love Second and None and High C, these kids get get heard and seen. The Culver City bus line. So when when Verbs is like, I heard that. It was dope when I was young. Like somebody representing Culver City. I don't even know if Culver City had been said on a wax before. Culver City bus line, unsigned and hype. Reference to the source, unsigned hype. Dump mines on site. This living legends gang, what you punks rhyming like? I'm unsigned and hype, dump minds on sight. This living legends gang, what you punks rhyming like? I come by with knife, sickest with these beats. I mean, so sick like he's forgetting to eat. A hard man to take down like Michael Vick on his feet. And anybody chose me, they was picking defeat. What that wah 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 like? What that, you know, what that living legends gang like, fool? Like, you know, that how we talk. Like, I'm not talking like so many rappers that would rap over this type of beat in an era be like, yo, son, blah, 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 blah. And they're from L.A. Yeah, know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 son. Well, yeah, all the guys in the earth's in the... Yeah, fuck all that. And some of my friends rap like that. But for me, I'm like, bro, I am going hard. Like, us Living Legends gang, once again, representing Living Legends. For those of you who thought I left, I don't know what, what, what made you think that. Living Legends Gang, what you punks rhyming like, combined with Ninth, sick as with these beats, I mean so sick like he forgetting to eat, 
Sports reference that didn't age well. Hard man to take down like Michael Vick on his feet. Wow, how did I have to eat that one? Guys, mmm, mmm. But um, we'll talk about Michael Vick a little bit later on. I think, did Mike Vick go to Virginia Tech? Yeah, Michael Vick went to Virginia Tech. Later on, we'll talk about how one of these songs is responsible for meeting my wife, who went to Virginia Tech. Small little things. That's, that's something I had in mind when I made this. Also, Michael Vick getting into the trouble with the dogs was not in a hard man to take down like Michael Vick on his feet. I'm going to spit with this heat until I get my credit. I was so proud of this one. I'm a verbal martial artist like I'm signing Shady Records and you bitches best respect because I will destroy you. Have your whole crew screaming out. My boy, Blue. I'ma spit with this heat until I get my credit. I'm a verbal martial artist like I'm signing shady records and you bitches best respect it or I will destroy you. Have your whole crew screaming out. You're my boy, Blue. Blue, you're my boy! Thank you, sir. Something we watched on the fucking Warp Tour. Um, what's this on? Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified. I see the fucking look in your eyes. Turn around, These are the moments where I feel like a white American. Like, from old school, every now and then I fall apart. And fucking every, I fucking need you more than ever. That's the first time I ever heard that song. I didn't know it was a real song. It was funny as fuck to me, but it would have been funnier if I had known the original. Big Papa with the Between the Sheets sample, and it would have been doper to you had you grown up on the Isley Brothers in your house. Certain songs, when producers flip samples that are soul samples from Black America, resonate with us because we grew up on these songs. Like, hearing more bounce flipped into a hip-hop song fucks with us in a different way because we grew up on it. But, you guys, a lot of white Americans will get the experience of, like, going back and discovering and still fresh. I do that with some jazz. Not, you know, not, it's not strictly a black and white thing. Some of it's generational. Like, oh, shit, they flipped that. And I can go back to an Eric Dolphy song or a Youssef Latif song or Miles, whatever. I can go back to some of these jazz great songs that were classics to people in my grandfather's era or be or after before and be like, oh, shit, and appreciate it. But if you grew up on Flashlight, your parents playing it in the house, and then you hear someone freak it, it's just, ugh. Q, we can freak it by Corrupt. Shout out to Battle Cat, one of the greatest West Coast producer, producers, period, hip-hop all time. I never got to rap over one of his beats. That would have been dope. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming around. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired. My wife was singing in the kitchen the other day. She was like, I was singing that. But she was like, oh, I love that song. I was like, you see, I don't think my wife even seen old school. She's not that type of person. But so I was like, you know, we had a moment where like, I know this from that. And she's like, this is the original. This is a dope song. I still don't know who fucking sings that song. But yeah, you're my boy, Blue. 
Um, and then now it's always a, it's one of my favorite songs to perform. I think I overperform it with too much energy because when I hear that beat, whoo, the beat drops when I say KWS is OL, LTS is OFAs. Instead of screaming OFA, like I know one knows that crew. So I always like just use that, that space to do a quick toe touch. And I usually jump up and down for the whole song. Um, just very, um, punk rock aesthetic. I swing the microphone during the hook when the drums drop. Um, and they catch it. That's something I learned from a band called Stun on the Warp Tour. It used to be my favorite band. I had no idea that they were so similar to Rage Against the Machine until recently, but I love Stun. I used to watch their set every day at Warp Tour. Shout out to Christian. Um, but yeah, he was a front man. It was crazy. And um, also Block Party, the way do you, I saw where you swing the microphone over the crowd. Like, so that's why I learned that. And I would practice in rehearsal spaces and outside. And um, just got, you know, pretty nifty with it. Knock on wood. I don't remember. Maybe once or twice I dropped the microphone. Running in circles during that part. Just like, I, I'm fucking speedball when that song comes on. And I don't ever know if people are offended by how I perform. When I listen, I rarely listen to these songs. So I do do a lot of these songs with more energy in a different pocket. This is another song I could definitely tell where Nice shifted me for me to land on the snare. And this may be the song where we had the biggest disagreement. Like, why the what the fuck happened? Did you like bounce this wrong, my nigga? Like, what's good? And I had to learn to trust him because people really like this song. I enjoy performing this song when I have the energy. Because as my set, gets longer as I do more albums that people like and people find more songs that they like and they have to do a certain amount of songs to satisfy the breadth of humbly as the breadth of my fan base shit I gotta I had to learn to conserve energy like oh when it was just a 45 minute set you know and there was just you know Batman but I gotta okay I gotta get up for Okie Dog I gotta get up and do the do the jump kick for Pussy and Pizza I gotta I gotta do like I gotta do like oh shit I got now that I got these Four moments before, like I had one song where I went super hard. You and I, you and I, and this one, and I knew like I would jump the whole time. I have to do toe touches and blah blah blah. Um, better than the best, like start like been better than the best comes around. One two, how y'all feeling? Let's go, y'all. Let's go. My name is M U R S. Hell in front of Four West, California, California, LA. Oh yes. You may have heard of us. We all lay murderers, drive-by shooters. You can kick it on the curb with us. We got blue skies. We got palm trees. We got boulevards, beaches with a calm breeze. As far as MC shit, I'm the best of them. Only five nine heads above all the rest of them. I'm adding more songs where it's like Hustle and Batman. Freak These Tales are easier for me to rap. So this is, I don't think this is all, but around this time is when I start, oh, I got to start working out. Um, but that, you know, by Merce for present, I'm, I'm full on cardio. You know, motherfuckers like, hey, hey, cuz I seen you running and this morning while I was coming back from the blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, bro, like I'm, I'm, I gotta keep myself in shape because I have a job that requires me or doesn't require me, but I can't help I can't perform any other way. I don't know how to perform laid back. So I can either do it and be completely out of breath. I still think I sound winded sometimes, but that's because I'm running around. But I don't want to be gasping. I don't want to gas myself. So it's either change how I perform, which I'm not willing to do, 
because it being authentic or it would start to train because I'm getting older and I'm drinking more and, you know, I'm eating the same sweets and shit. Not going to stop sugar. So <laughs> that was it, man. That's 316. I thought we were going to get to uh, the pain, but we're that's probably going to be a whole episode too. At this point, I think we have 29 reviews on Spotify. We have to get over that hump. Because this is definitely this season is definitely going to go 50 plus episodes. So at least let's get to 50 so I can be safe. No one told you today I fucking love you. Hopefully this makes sense and hasn't offended too many of you. See y'all next week. Special extra long Valentine's Day episode around the pain. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in L.A. podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.